Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Potential Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to take a moment and talk to you about something that means a lot to us. This podcast was created to be a source of fun and entertainment, and although we love to nerd out with you, one thing we do take serious is mental health. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. And at any time, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with better help. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Ted Sokol, and joined by my co-host and um, uh, 50s uh, swinging uh, handsome dude with the best hair, Chris Dewar. <laughs> I don't know, we always gotta find something to say, but there it is. Today's episode, we are reviewing the latest psychological thriller film, Don't Worry Darling. This film was directed by Olivia Wilde from a screenplay by Katie Silberman. Based on a story by Carrie Van Dyke, Shane Van Dyke, and Silverman himself. Features an ensemble cast from Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Livy Wilde herself, and Florence Pugh. Um, we saw this trailer a while back. We were really, you know, en- enraptured of what this would be. It looked very trippy, looked very scary and sinister under the facade of this kind of 50s style film. Um, so much to talk about. Uh, so. We can't just uh, gloss over it. There will be spoilers. Spoiler warning. Uh, Chris, give us a little synopsis of this before we jump right into here. So we're in this unique little town. It looks like it's somewhere. It looks very like a Palm Springs, which is actually where they filmed a lot of this film. And it's set in the 1950s. And we're following this young couple, Alice and Jack Chambers, uh, who live in this neighborhood. And Jack works for the Victory Project. And it's kind of this interesting, you know, it doesn't really have that feel of like, oh, this is like one of those towns that are built like for atomic bomb testing or something like that. Like it has that feel of like everything's very nice and, and it's pretty. There's nothing bad or negative this whole place. And like every morning the wives come out, wave their husbands goodbye. The husbands all drive at the same time to this mysterious headquarters out in the desert to do whatever they're doing 
and the wives were supposed to kind of just stand by, you know, clean the house, cook a nice meal, love their husband, don't ask any questions. That's kind of the ultimate vibe of how this town works. Well, Alice starts to see and have these kind of visions going on. Um, one of her neighbors is not having a good time. And she at one point is just starting to see things kind of like weird little images. And I think what was kind of neat about the setup of the film is you are constantly wondering what is, there's something wrong about this place, but we don't know what it is. You know, it looks all nice and dandy and like, you know, Alice and Jack seem very happy. They're very sexually happy. Uh, you know, Jack is kind of working his way up the ladder at this place and everyone looks so polished and looks so good. There's nothing wrong. So when we start to have these cracks where Florence Pugh's character is noticing little things, it does start to make you think like, is there something in her head? Is it something like in the water? Is there something like, what is, you know, what is the victory project? So there were so many questions I thought. And I thought, I think Olivia did a good job of the, like the setup hour. And a great other character that I really enjoyed in this film, and we'll get a little bit more to the end here, uh, was Chris Pine as Frank. Frank is the uh, founder and leader of this victory project. So he's like the messiah here, honestly. Um, you know, you really start to feel that cult feeling as you're watching this film. Yeah, everybody's drinking the juice here. Everyone's everyone's like cheering him. And, you know, even like there's a new couple that comes into town and Nick Kroll's character is like, you don't just go up and talk to Frank. You have to earn that spot. You know, uh, very follower, you know, sheep. They're all sheep following this, this their leader to who, who knows what blindly. And I liked how that was set up. And, and there is this kind of, we're doing this because there is potential. Our greatest potential hasn't even been tapped yet. So there's all these like different things going on. And that would have been fine had that been maybe like 30 minutes and then we got, or maybe even 40 minutes and then you start to tap into some really crazy stuff. And the problem with this film is it kind of never picks up enough. And then when it finally does, it rushes the ending so quickly that it was like, oh, okay, that's it. Before we get to the big twist here, Taylor, Anything else in like the first kind of half that really like stuck out to you? I mean, I thought some of the visuals were cool. Like when like that scene in the trailer you see where she she's cleaning the glass and all of a sudden like yeah, the walls are closing in. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give a first of all a shout out to I thought the the set design. It's very this movie has a little bit of again that Stepford thing, but also kind of the. Edward Scissorhands, kind of the idyllic neighborhood. And I like, even like when the men go off, they're all in unison. So it's very creepy, but it's like, oh, this is fine. So I thought, and I also like the design of the houses where it's very open. There's like, anyone can kind of creep in, you know, there's, oh, you know, we're fine. We're safe here. But the whole thread of like, or the dread, like you, you don't leave, you don't go outside. So it has a little bit of that village. Like we don't go outside the woods or, you know, and, and things like that. So. I really like that. The attention to detail was really great. Um, but that, but yeah, then like you're absolutely right. It just takes it like too long to, to get like through that. Like I said, it should have been like, okay, because we already know in the trailer something's going to be afoot. So they kind of like pretend we don't know that something's happening. Like we didn't see the trailer because most people when you see these, so 
it took takes too long to go there, and I and I didn't like that. We dwelled too much. Now Florence Pugh, fantastic throughout, but I feel like we kept focus on how she's the going the she's just the crazy lady, and I don't I I wanted more of like her maybe investigating more, not just like crying wolf and like oh nobody leaves me and like you know I wanted more a little bit if they were gonna go longer more psychological to really get you there, but yeah it does take too long to get to what's really going on. Yeah, some of the best scenes uh, were like that dinner sequence where, uh, you know, we have a whole uh, scene where Jack, there's a big party and Frank has kind of invited him into like the the next circle, the the senior advisory board. And then he does this ridiculous dance number that was terrible. Harry, you're a great singer and, and a pop star, but never dance like that again. Uh, he, he can do pop dance. He can't do like, it was bad. Can, can, can I also go back? Like, I, I get where they were going with the couple as this, you know, young, sexually vibrant couple. But I thought the scenes were a little, like, to me, not that I'm saying, like, hey, you're gorgeous. But I don't really need, it was a little too gratuitous. Not, like, there's no nudity, really. But it was a little too, it was a little gratuitous. Even for, like I said, I would have liked more, especially, like, I don't know, like, again, Olivia Wilde being a female director, I think, like, that I would expect more from a male director. But I thought like, ah, you know, and I see where some of it was like, it's more from the woman's perspective or pleasure. But to me, it was kind of like, I didn't need that. I would like a little bit more innuendo or subtlety and focus more on the psychological part. That That's just my take on that. Yeah, that's very true. Because it was like, oh, we're... we're yeah, like one part, uh, dinner <laughs> took a turn. <laughs> Every time, yeah, Jack would come home, it was just like an instant horny mode to it's like uh, if i came home from work i'm going to eat that's <laughs> like i <laughs> there's that moment where we have like this this dinner scene and a couple couples are coming over and then they're like oh yeah frank and his wife are gonna come over too and they're like how should you get frank to come over here and he's like i don't know so frank comes and there's almost this kind of creepy vibe where he just he's just sitting there and we remember earlier there was the party that Earlier in the film, there's a party that Frank throws at his house. And at one point, like you said, Jack and Alice are kind of getting it on in like his study. And Frank just watches them. And that was that was a, that was a creepy scene because what was weird is that she didn't choose to stop. She just like kept it going. And that was to me a signal of like either this this either he's that good at, you know, going down on her or like there's <laughs> yeah. something about it like she just she was so just in, in the way that frank just watches her so now we have like this kind of okay i love that scene in the dinner where he comes and he's like no i've, I've been waiting for someone to challenge me and to ask what you know what is the victory project and and i like that there's that dynamic between the two mm-hmm. of them because there's it makes a cat it very much like game yeah yeah it's that classic kind of like the puppet master and you know what what is behind the curtain and then we get to this moment where it's like, you know, she kind of comes out and be like, you know, where have we all met? And it's weird how like every couple has had like the same story. Basically, they all met in Boston or Philadelphia, which on which a train. was one of, one of my favorite scenes because like, oh, this is like, okay, this I'm I'm digging this now. It's like we're gonna find some answers here. Yeah, we're picking up the steam, and then we have this huge conversation between Alice and Jack, and she's like, we gotta get out of here. We gotta run away. We gotta escape. And that was all great. And then they get in the car. And I actually really, I thought the scene was a great kind of Hitchcock sense of horror. Like, he's like, 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then all the goons come around and kidnap her. One of the best scenes, I think, of Harry Styles in this film, and you got the, the men in red, because we see them throughout the time um, where, like, her, her one neighbor, like, we think she... She kills herself. We don't know. And then the the red the guys in the red jumpsuits are jumping, you know coming around. And it was like, ooh, this what's going on? what's happening here? But for the big twist to kind of come out that, which I when the scene first started, I was like, oh, so we're kind of going that route. So it's like the village meets Ready Player One meets, meets Matrix, you know, yeah, Matrix. So the twist is that they're actually not in the 1950s. It's set in modern day. And this whole victory project is like a visual, a virtual reality. Um, and Frank is someone that, you know, in the real world, it has probably a huge uh, following on the internet. And he's spouting mostly male leading, you know, stuff. And the way they made Harry Styles actually look pretty bad was pretty good. The like yeah. long ratted hair. Made the, him the like look hair. like less Harry Styles than you could possibly do. Grunge styles. <laughs> he looks so Harry Styles in the 1950s and then this. But it was I thought it was a, a, a creepy idea that he he basically chooses to have the two of them do this. So against Florence Pugh's will, he's basically enslaved her in this virtual reality so they could have this this oasis um and she's a nurse in the real world and so like actually she's, a surgeon. she's actually a surgeon, a surgeon. So she's yeah, a, right. she's almost more um qualified than him she's like the breadwinner basically of this family she's she's working long days and so he's like he's thinking i can't get work we're miserable we never have sex she's always busy he's thinking about himself of like how can i so i thought that was a, a cool twist but it needed to be elevated from that point on and when Alice, they basically do like electric therapy to kind of get her to forget everything. But then she remembers again, because he sings that song that's in all the trailers and stuff. So then we get to like, okay, I'm like, at least we're picking up a little bit. Like her and Jack have this confrontation. She ends up smashing a glass on Jack's head. And if the male dies in this world, of course, he dies in the real world. And then you can't wake up the other person. You can't feed the other person. You can't take care of the other person. So it was a lot of like, well, if you kill them, you know, it's not going to survive. This is a long escape scene to get to the mountain, which she touched earlier. You touch the mountain, you wake up. And this could have been a scene that could have been like at the end of like hour one. You know, I'm like, it, it was such a buildup. And like, there was a couple cool moments, but then like, it just leads her up to touching it. And then the movie's like over. Which I think, I, I think when she touched it originally, we should have had, okay, the twist should have happened early on. And then she goes under again. And then it takes her a while to get back to it. And then we have this big chase scene. Because I, I live you a while probably like, I need a car chase scene. Which the car chase scene was kind of like unnecessary. Um, it, you know, it didn't really, you know. So, but then, like you said, they brought up some great, like, creepiness to what's all going on. But I wanted more. We didn't answer anything. And it's very random that Olivia Wilde's character, like, she's like, oh, I wanted this. And, like, I knew the whole time. So you're like, wait, what's what's going on with you? And then the biggest problem, like we said, we love Chris Pine. Uh, Chris Pine. <laughs> Chris Pratt, Chris Pine. Uh, come on. Chris Pine. But he doesn't have, like, a comeuppance. Like, there's this whole thing at the end. And then his wife in this world, like, just ends up killing him. And then she's like, it's my turn. So, like, wait a second. Is she behind this? Is he? So it's kind of like, wait a second. I wanted Alice 
to escape and then go find Frank in the real world. And I thought that would have been a better ending of having this confrontation in the real world and seeing maybe a Chris Pine that is not like handsome and all that <laughs> stuff or seeing, or what would have been interesting too is you lead up to, oh, this, this victory project has more followers than we thought. This is only one of many in the world and how the technology works and, and more of those answers. And it just ends, you know, like she's kind of dancing in her kitchen and back in her surgeon, you know, and it's like, okay, I guess she escaped and that's it. And it just felt like the movie led to nothing. It led like there was not, it, it could have been some more twisty and turny. Um, again, I think the style was there. I think, you know, literally the hairstyles, but the style was there. I think the, the way that you said, like, it's like Pleasantville, meets the matrix meets Stepford Stepford wives you know there's all these different uh influences it just it's like what i'm like i don't necessarily need to see it again although i did enjoy florence Pugh and chris pine especially um so yeah I, and and the thing too is with all the drama that has come out over this film the last several months it's almost like there's like this taboo around this film based off all the stuff that's been going on in the real world um, so when you finally go see it, I think it was like expectation was so high. Yeah. Maybe if I got in with like no expectations, I would no trailer, nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, at the end of the day, I mean, again, I, for the style, I enjoy the things for the performances. The plot didn't really go anywhere for me. And I wanted, I was expecting a lot more. So I'm kind of stuck in this weird, like, I think I'm going to give it just a solid seven out of 10. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm just gonna go six out of ten. Um, you know, I'm gonna give it above average just because I think attention to detail of the '50s era and everything leading up to that very great. But execution, you know, like I said, and I feel like we've got two great things: Harry Styles. And I'm giving a shout out to someone asked me to. I hope make sure you review this on your podcast. Like someone actually told me, I was like, you know, uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna do Harry Styles a little dirty. Good at certain points, but I mean. There's not a lot of substance. I wanted more from his character and things like that. And well, what was weird was when he first started talking in the movie, I was like, oh, he's kind of doing like a somewhat New York, Boston accent. And then at one point they're like, what is it you Brits always say? And I was like, oh, he's meant to be British in this film? Yeah. And then why is he talking funny? When he has to pick his character or his avatar, there's this quick little scene like, oh, being British. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> pick, an, pick a character. Yeah. A little like, I don't know what he was trying to do with his voice there. Yeah. Yeah, that was just weird, but yeah. Anyway, but, you know what? You can go and check out Don't Worry Darling now in theaters for yourself. Uh, and that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email. The Potential Podcast at Yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.